Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, and we have a special guest this week. We have Sam from The Hungry Gamers. Welcome, Sam. Hello. <laughs> How are we, Thank guys? You. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Really Thank well. you for joining us this uh, fine Christmas episode. Thank uh, you for week. having me. Yeah, well, we've been trying to get you on for a while, and uh, it's good to finally have you on. I just wanted to uh, to wait for the very special Christmas episode. It's my favourite time of the year. Everything's That's it. It's always mm. festive. It's always uh, it's always stinking hot here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife is Canadian, and she still finds it really weird. She's been, she's been here a few years now, but um, hot hot uh, summery Christmases is uh, not what she's used to. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you could ever get used to it if you if you're used to the snow and the cool cold weather. Having like the hot stickiness. Anyway, well, I the first I- time the first time she saw a like Kmart um, like junk mail with Santa on a surfboard in shorts. It just it blew her mind. So it's like, what? That's how he gets around, right? That and fire engines, which is also an Australian thing. Yes, yes, it is. Jeez, we, we're such a great country. <laughs> We've got all uh, what, the I, what I love about that is you can say it both sarcastically and not simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to squeeze in fire engines into a game here today. You watch. Oh, we should, we should. Yes. So, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to do click pitch, uh, and we're going to do our usual, each of us has a random word, but just to make things a little bit festive, I have a uh, set of random Christmas words that I'll be pulling from. Um, Sam and Troy will be using regular words, because we can only have so much Christmas in our games. Yep. Uh, but uh, that's how we're going to do it. Cool. Okay, so. so- are, we, are we all ready? Mm-hmm. I think we are. Three, all right, three, two, one, click. One click. Oh, boy. That sounds good. You go first, Sam. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is great. Uh, cocaine. <laughs> Encounter. <laughs> presents. <laughs> Encounter and presents. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that pres- that's presents. Is in Christmas presents, I'm guessing. Is in Christmas presents, yeah. Um, wow. So, I'm sort of just picturing the kids running down Christmas morning, the pile of presents <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> And tearing Santa, them open one Santa's, by one. No, Santa's there <laughs> tripping balls on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking that it was, um, you know, Dad in his in his uh, I guess cocaine fuel revelry the night before realizes that he didn't that he packed the wrong thing into one of the presents and it was his cocaine stash oh, and no. not <laughs> I don't know the uh, the 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 um, plaster set maybe. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of another white powder that you would actually give a child. <laughs> so uh, yeah, geez, what kind of game is this? Is this a puzzle game? That yeah, um, I, f- I feel like because it, it, it's all about isolating it down to like the last present. You don't want the kids to open up the cocaine <laughs> present, so you've got to sort of guide like them to the right present using I don't know box size or something. Maybe they're all the same size. Mm. Oh, it could just be one of that. Yeah, it could be one of those kind of um, logic puzzle games. <laughs> yeah, like mm. you've got different sized presents that you can shift around, sort of the board, as it were, <laughs> uh, in, in limited spaces. But maybe part of it's part of part of the, shifting them around in part to guide the children or to slow them down in certain ways. Um, but at the same time, maybe you don't remember which present the cocaine is in, and so you're also sort of trying to figure that out through those motions. I'm trying mm. to think how that would play out. I feel like there has to be something said about Santa being up all night delivering presents and cocaine. <laughs> I mean, how else does he do that? How like, exactly? There's got to be some sort of stimulant. Coffee doesn't do that to a man. Um, <laughs> so, what about encounter? How do we drive encounter into this? I think it's just when they're encountering the cocaine present. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of liking this, this idea of, you know, that's that's just sort of your whole uh, overarching story and reason for doing this puzzle. But then, yeah, you just you get given a board with a bunch of presents on it and the kids in sort of different spots. I'm thinking sort of top-down grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they, perhaps as they move forward, you know, maybe they move forward once every- um, every turn or something, and you can mm. shift the you can shift the presents in different directions. If they encounter a present, then they don't move for that turn, but they tear open the present, and the present disappears. So you're sort of having to guide them to the particular presents. Maybe, maybe there's something like maybe the way you find the cocaine is when you move that present, it leaves like a trail of powder behind it. 
Okay, can, can I ask, because it's, it's starting to sound like getting the cocaine is like the victory condition of the game here, as opposed to the defeat condition. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe, the dad, maybe the dad is walking around the board too then, and he's trying to get to the cocaine. Yeah, it's like a race. It's like a race yeah. to the center of the board where the, where the cocaine present is. Well, yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the cocaine is just in one of the presents, and you... F- you um, maybe once your dad, once the dad picks up on the cocaine trail, he just follows it mm. um, because <laughs> puts his nose down to the ground. Yeah, and nose to the ground. <laughs> I feel like this is. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say. So, like, part of the puzzle then is it's like, all right, I move this present and there's a white trail, so I know that this present has the cocaine in it, or it's but- got the pasta set. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not confuse things with that quite yet. But but I'm thinking like if you keep moving that, obviously it's going to leave a longer trail. And if the kids, like the kids can't get can't touch the trail either, right? Mm. Um, so you're sort of balancing up moving that present because in some places it might be strategically useful to move that present to like block another one or or something like that, depending mm. on the size of the present and that sort of thing. But it's a, but the more you more you move it, the more you, the dad like the more moves the dad has to take to like snort it all up along <laughs> yeah. the way, just prevent the kids from getting it. He can, he can, when he's snorting though, he can only move one square at a time. <laughs> yeah, it slows him down a bit. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I think maybe the kids move in one direction, but they keep going until they hit a present. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, actually, that's, that's actually cool. I like well, that. Because that's how kids would work, right? That's <laughs> pretty much what they do. They, they, li- they can literally run infinite distance until they encounter a present. Until they hit a present. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like that. And you could even have that, like, bigger presents, they'll take a longer to unwrap or something. Like, maybe it's one square of a present that they can unwrap per turn. So, I can see some real strategy coming out of that with what presents you put in front of them at different times. And maybe it also affects, like, which direction they turn or something. Or maybe they just always turn... You know, the little boy always turns right and the little girl always turns left or something. So, you sort of got to manage that as well. If they run into each other, they just, like, turn and face, like, turn around, do a 180 and go the opposite direction to each yeah. other. Or hit a wall or something. Have either of you played the mobile game yeah. Slayaway Camp? No. No. Is that S-L-A-Y? It sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a horror movie um, okay. puzzle puzzle game in which you play the killer and you've got to, like, um, move your character around the board in, in sort of like a- puzzle sort of fashion. I'm right. Pictu- okay. I'm picturing like this square sort of thing in which you got to move presents to sort of move the kids out of the way out of these things and Yeah, that sort of thing. So you could you could even you know, on later levels like put other hazards or I don't know, different types of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this dad's just a real fuck up. He's a he's a real scumbag. It sounds like I, I I'd love it if the characters are like it's the you know the deadbeat dad and then the teenage son who's just at that right age where he's starting to experiment with things and just be like them. And then we need a third character in there, like I don't know, a teenage daughter as well or something along those lines. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I think mom. so. I think it's <laughs> it's, it's the hardworking, you know. Um, <laughs> 80s corporate woman who also is hooked on cocaine. <laughs> I think the mum. Oh, I was going to say I think the mum's like a pa- like a um, and I don't want to reduce the mother to just a power up, but um, like maybe that's a special move where if you've made that cocaine trail too long, she can kind of come through and just clean everything up and get shit done. <laughs> I like the the longer the trail she has to clean up, the longer she's unavailable and like to help you again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're sort of having to balance that as well. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Okay, right, cool. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty good. Let's click again. Three, two, one, click. Okay. Um, my word is poppy. <clears throat> Room. Room. Dasher, as in one of Santa's reindeers. Okay, so you said poppy, didn't you, Sam? Yep, poppy. And I said room, so I'm thinking opium den. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is this is this our drug episode, not our Christmas episode? <laughs> What's the what's the, the theme I have to go you. with what what was there. Like, <laughs> well, maybe this is more about the oh. uh, the un synthesis, like the un uh, uh, drugged version of the plant. Well, no. What, the, what uh, I was thinking is is this is this processed. is a story of of that time that Dasher actually found himself in a in like a Chinese opium den, and all the other reindeers had to go <laughs> save him. <laughs> It happens every Christmas. We cannot get him out of this goddamn APM den. Um, well, it's got to be something about like Rudolph has got his red nose, and so Dash is jealous of that, and so he tries to find something red too, which is you know put the poppy plant, uh, and then they- discovers discovers that when he. Uh, no, no, chews it up. I'm sure that you don't get high just from chewing the poppy plant, but. 
that uh, and that's how he gets addicted. He's uh, well. Yeah, he's in, a- in this world, you know, these are special magic reindeer. These magic mm. reindeer actually, you know, when they chew when they chew poppy leaves, it's it's as addictive as you know morphine or opium or any of the other. Sure, opium. their stomachs j- just happen to contain <laughs> the correct chemicals to turn poppy flowers into opium. Yeah, uh, it's just this weird sort of coincidence. Okay, so I'm picturing that you're playing one of the other reindeer. Which reindeer should you be playing? Well, I was almost thinking, are you playing Santa trying to control the reindeer and avoid, like, every time you get too close to a poppy field, like, Dasher just pulls the <laughs> pulls the sleigh to that side and really makes things <laughs> difficult for you. Uh, it, it could just be one element of of a general kind of Santa flying game. I feel like there hasn't been something like that, where you're literally playing a Santa flying around and having to... I don't know, like veer away from poppy fields. Well, that's part of it, but also just the standard, you know, landing on houses and, and delivering the presents and stuff. A bit of a challenge. So, so ma- this is literally the um, the openest world that you can actually have in the fact that it the is- The entire planet. It's the yeah. entire planet. <laughs> you, <laughs> could do, you could do- generated. I was going to say, you could use sort of the uh, um, No Man's Sky kind of technology to p- procedurally generate the entire Earth. Hmm. It doesn't have to be accurate street by street. You can have sort of the main continents or, or spaces where the cities are, and then it just generate it procedurally generates houses of different sizes and stuff. Right. Um, what if? What if? Okay, so just building on that, you're you have a time limit to deliver as many presents as you can before Dasha is strung out because he needs <laughs> his next hit of uh, his, his next opium hit. So you've got like you've got the clock. And you're just going from house to house, jumping down the chimney, throwing presents around, get back up, get in the sleigh, get going, dash is stringing out. We've got to get this thing going. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, the whole Dasher opium thing can just be kind of one of the challenges of this basically Ooh. open world Santa simulation. Maybe each of the reindeer have their own little personalities and their own kind of flaws um, that you have to watch out for as you're going around this, this planet and, and delivering as many things as possible. I like this. Um, so- what I'm now picturing is that um, Rudolph, he happens to come down with Santa into this one room, um, sees this present that Santa's accidentally put down and starts sniffing it. And it turns out that it's cocaine and his nose starts gro- glowing even more red. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to tie this into the little previous game. <laughs> oh, this, this game is definitely crossing over with Snow White Christmas, which is the name I just came up with for the last game. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. We never come up with names for these games, so that's awesome, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I like this open world Santa thing, um, and and the challenge of yeah, and so maybe you are doing things like look, maybe we did say how does Santa get around so quickly? Maybe he gets to take drugs as well, and that sort of slows down time a bit, so you can deliver more presents. No. Um, but but you have to watch out because like Vixen is the cocaine fiend, um, so it, maybe it's all maybe it's also around. Uh, arranging your reindeer, like where they are um, in relation to each other and to the sleigh, because um, you know Rudolph is a bit of a dick because he's sort of got this superiority complex, um, and so you can't put fucking Prancer too close to him because they just don't get along. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you if you put Vixen too close to you while Santa's using his cocaine to really get around the world <laughs> fast enough, then that's going to cause problems too. <laughs> um, I think. Depending on on where you are in the world as well, um, and w- w- and how the kids actually are and that sort of stuff in the town that you're in, depends on what you what sort of presents you're giving out. What um, also whether you come up against the Krampus or not. Oh, yes. the Krampus! Because I, I, okay. I really like the idea that it's sort of like a first person shooter looking views. You know, so it's all first person when you're down in the room and you're throwing presents out, and then you know you got to defend against the Krampus with the um with like a huge. Uh, Snow shovel or something like that, but some kids okay, are going to have to give. I wasn't thinking of this as first person, but I do like that. It kind of reminds me. Maybe you could have a real chill mode as well, because um, it kind of reminds me of a game like Jalopy or something, um, where you just—it's just sort of the simulation. It's—it's it's just a real chill fly around the the world, drop off some presents. Um, you know, it's—it's kind of just about the experience. Yeah, but mm. then yeah, then you've got the challenge mode, which has got Krampus and drugs and power ups and things. The MA rated mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 band in a, the band in Australia mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, three to one click. Yeah. Envelope. 
blizzards. So mine is Hull, H-U-L-L. H- oh, Hull, okay. So is that, sorry, so that like, was Envelope and Blizzard. And Blizzard and Hull, okay. So Ooh, this could so- either be like the hull of a boat or a plane. Because mm. maybe it's about like delivering letters to Santa. Oh, I like that. That's really um, good. So mm. I like the idea that this is a submarine. Because you can have oh, a hull. Yeah, okay. Um, but how is that? that submarines aren't going to be affected by blizzards particularly. When they, when they surface, they will. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I'm, I'm liking uh, the idea that they're, um, they're on a secret mission to um, so, to so deliver it's, all, it's, all the envelopes It's World War II. It's World War II. And yep. this is like the big secret mis- mission. Even though the war was going on, they still had to get these letters to Santa. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so what are the what are the challenges of that? Obviously, weather is involved in some way. That's probably as you get closer to the North Pole, you're really going to deal with with some more extreme weather. Presumably, you know, the enemy. Yeah, ge- geographically, um, like where should we set this country? What's in between? What countries is Germany mm. in between? You know, the North Pole of where, where is well, what's on the other side of Germany from the North Pole? All my uh, geographic knowledge. She's barely anything. Cause Isn't it like Iceland and Greenland oh, up that horribly? Up that it may be. Mm. Yeah. Hang on, I'm zooming out on Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the same thing right now. <laughs> um, but uh, where are we? So it's basically um, all of Africa, really. Uh, Turkey. Uh, no, they're south of. Yeah, Germany. south of Germany. Yes. Yeah, and, and the North Pole. Oh, so that's where they'd be coming from, right? That's where they're starting. That's right. And they've got to go through Germany, through the fatherland like, to get Germany, to- German waters, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I, what I was actually thinking is um, because it's World War Two and you've got Nazi U-boats all over the place, you don't necessarily have to go on land. You can just be sort of travelling up and around sort of Russia trying mm. to get through. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're talking about the, the, the waters you'd have to go through, right? Yeah. So I, I'd like to think that this sub is captained by a father who um, his, his one promise to his daughter before he went off to war was that he'd deliver her letter and all the children of, of the village's letter, letters to Santa. And so it's like this really heartfelt journey, sort of um, this war of mine, mm. where it's like it's actually like a really uh, like heartstring pulling journey. And there are casualties. There have to be casualties if we're talking a war game. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you really want to kind of get to know your crew. Yeah. Um, really, really sort of flesh out the captain and, and yeah, the rest of the crew. Uh, so are we thinking it's kind of uh, like how much of it is is planned as a narrative and how much of it is sort of systems based or like procedurally generated for for what happens along the way? What if you had um, like let's say like talking about getting to know your crew for example like what if you could complete the entire story with either all of your crew or like almost none of your crew mm. and the narrative sort of changes depending on who's left alive by the end of it and so your decisions um yep. in battle say they uh they you know affect the outcome oh i'm i'm picturing almost um almost sort of ftl gameplay but in a sub mm. where you're sort of moving your crew then around the sub to the different you know, stations, the things yeah. they need to do. And yeah, so it's those sorts of decisions then that, you know, oh, we took a torpedo on the left side, which happened to be near, you know, the radar station or something. Um, and we, we lost Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's it. Like now you don't get the Jimmy part of the story. You get, you know, maybe, maybe each, maybe each crew member has, uh, sort of different narrative beats that happen depending on whether they're there or not. So there's a there's one thing that'll happen if Jimmy is alive, and there's one thing that'll happen if he's not. Where maybe you know you you I don't know you find the letter from his kid or something, and yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. You know, there, there's something <laughs> that you have to do a quest or a, or a mission that's related to also to the people who die as well. How, uh, but yeah, how do we tie the blizzard in? There has to be a blizzard mission, a mission where, where the sub is completely ice locked and mm, the, mm. The, the Navy, what do you call it? The sailors, um, the Navy officers have to get out of the sub, surface and get out and just like walk the rest of the way to Santa's workshop. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they can't take the sub all the way there. So, yep, yeah. that makes sense. By the end, it's just- 
At, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how the, tr- how the gameplay would work then. Maybe it's just because you're still coming across enemies somehow. Is there still battle or is that just sort of the final slog through the blizzard? I think it's the final slog through. You've already done the hard parts. This is just yep. the sort of last um, triumphant mission of, of taking mm. the bag and dying. At Santa's, Santa's doorstep. I like oh, that. Oh, just everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a tragedy. And then, yes, and then when they get there- see this like final scene <laughs> of Santa opening the door, hot cocoa in hand, and there's just this like dead naval officer with a bag <laughs> <Yeah>. of letters. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even Santa. It's just some bloke's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a science mission up there or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got a beard and he's wearing red because it's like, a, it's a Russian science mission. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's at that point that they say, you're in Antarctica. <laughs> you, went, you went the wrong way. Um, what are you talking about, World War Two? That was seventy years ago. <laughs> so, so, oh man, something I'm picturing for for like um, one of the final um, sort of set pieces is that you're you're dragging the dragging the bag along in in the blizzard, and then all of a sudden you hear this cracking as you look and you see this massive icebreaker coming oh, through, like no. this massive ship just breaking all the ice and it's like oh shit so you you're like dragging and running and running and you know sort of um i'm seeing the ice cracking and you're having to do sort of like tomb raider like jumps as you as you're going that could be i'm seeing fate of the furious in my head right now the set piece of fate of the furious yeah um with the sub and all the cars on the ice i love this i love this a lot same here i like it that's awesome do you guys? Do you guys ever come up with this stuff and then think to yourself, "We should make this. This is this is great." Too many times to, and, to think about. And, yes, and then we go, "We've got kids. We've got no time, and we don't. We don't do art." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is why we do a game. We do a game jam once a year. Like I that reckon- gets out any. Any actual idea that we could do some development. Somewhere somewhere out there, there's like some writer's room scumbag who's just listening to this for, for some kind of creative um, you know what, notes you know can take and take into the room. Someone's can, leeching off of this for sure. They can have it. I hope they are because I want to see these games and I don't care if we make them. Somebody can make them. <laughs> just, just give us a small little credit saying, yeah. hmm. as thought of on the Bitstorm podcast. <laughs> Three to one click. All right. Ooh, a chimney. Uh, I've got kennel. Oh. Lesson, like double, uh, like L E double S O N. Yes, like to learn a lesson. To learn a lesson. All right. Mm. Do you think there is a Santa Claus for dogs? <laughs> I think there's got to be. I mean, I would assume so. What sort of what sort of dog would it be? A good boy is what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so lesson. I like the Santa for dogs, and for all the, the good boys out there who have learnt new tricks, they get a present. How do we do this? <laughs> um, okay, so that's the lesson. All right. It's about yeah. the tricks that they've learned. Okay. But it's hard. Was- it's, it's like really not easy for dogs to learn tricks. Have you ever tried teaching a dog how to do anything? <laughs> not, not really, no. It's, it's painful. It's agonizing. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this a dog training game of some kind? Do you play a dog? Do you play the dog Santa? What if it's like, um, oh, was that, nin- is it Nintendo Pups or whatever it was called? Oh, yeah, Nintendo Dogs. Yeah. Nintendo Dogs. Sorry, how did I get Nintendo Pups? Of course it's Nintendo Dogs. <laughs> of course it's Nintendo Dogs. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, it's that classic nin- Nintendo game, nin- <laughs> Nintendo Pups. <laughs> um, so, what if it's like Nintendo Dogs where it's a virtual pet? And in order for, you, for it to unlock um, like costumes and skins and like crazy Christmas stuff, um, it has to learn new tricks, but it's like a Digimon almost, like a Tamagotchi. It's just yeah. so it's it's a life drain just to get the thing fed and survive. Well, maybe you know? the goal is to breed a new Santa dog, Santa hey. pup, um, and so that's kind of your end goal. And so all the tricks you're teaching it are things like dive down a chimney, pick up a present. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the reverse? <laughs> Well, it- I'm not necessarily in that order. All right, okay. Because I like the idea of a thief dog. <laughs> that dives that maybe that's one of your- Maybe presents. there's multiple endings depending on how well you teach this dog. Yeah. And then you, and then you put it through its paces. It, it like- There's sort of a little gauntlet that it has to run. And based on how well you've trained it to do certain things, uh, it may steal all the presents. We don't know. It may just tear them to bits. It might knock down the Christmas tree and shit on- <laughs> the, In the stockings. Like- there's, is, there's a dog show at the end of the game. 
<laughs> and that's where your dog shows off all of its skills that it's learnt along the way. Yeah, and there's just all these elves watching. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm now picturing that uh, these kids wake up on, on Christmas morning and um, this is at the end of the game. They, they pick up their- their presence and they go, oh, it's got a slob all over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for choosing the uh, St. Bernard uh, puppy when you started mm. the game. Yep. I do like the idea that you can choose different breeds to start with, and that will obviously affect whether they different can get aspects. down a chimney or not. <laughs> well, like that, that, yeah, but, but, you know, a bigger dog is also stronger and maybe can carry more presents at once or pick up bigger presents or something. So there are going to be, uh, you know, pros and cons to each breed. I'm thinking a nice, slender dog like a Doberman. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It just rips apart, like, um, any- Well, I was going to say, but it might also- Yeah, it might also be harder kids to- that it comes across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might lose a lot of elves in the training period. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I like that. That's cool. Like a Christmas-themed Nintendo Pups. <laughs> <laughs> I play games, I swear. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, click. I have Solitary- Choice. Decorations. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the middle of the wilderness. Sort of, I'm thinking very much up north um, in Canada. Like, there's snow all around. There's trees everywhere. But it's this old hermit who's been living in this um, shack for years. And it's Christmas time. Okay. And he starts hanging up his decorations and all this sort of stuff. And then he hears a knocking at the at the door. And he and his choice is to either open and help the person there or ignore them and send them on their way. Is it Santa at the door? Well, I, I think <laughs> I think this is this is where you can go into sort of a horror sort of thing whether um Helping this person or hinder or sending them sending this person on their way has repercussions, and it just so happens to be Christmas time. But whoever this um whoever this person okay, is, so this like- is a Christmas game like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, okay, I, I like this idea of of a of a Christmas a horror horror game at Christmas time. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, set in this solitary shack in the forest in the north of Canada. Um, I'm thinking that there's no electricity, no mm-hmm. nothing. All he's got is like his, his set of fire going and he's just hanging up some basic decorations that he's sort of made himself and you can tell that he's made himself. Yeah. 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 That's, I think, and that's just really setting that scene, um, mm. of this guy that's living by himself. I, I think, I, I think the choice of answering the door, I think you have to answer the door. Um, I don't, I don't think that's the choice because no. otherwise, otherwise you're having to sort of split the game into, I mean, maybe you can choose to ignore it for a little while and then, like, someone starts tapping at the window and then something else. But eventually you answer the door and this guy's there. And maybe he kind of- I like the idea that he kind of looks like a disheveled Santa. Like, not not explicitly, but he's bearded and he's sort of got white hair and he's wearing a bit of red. But I think the horror comes from sort of the conversation. Like, I'm feeling- I'm thinking of this as sort of just this real- tense kind of creepy game where based on the things he says and just the general atmosphere it really like unsettling yeah yeah kind of like the conversations that um that were held in uh the movie tusk yeah well i was thinking um uh someone who does this really well is quentin tarantino where there's just that sense that something could happen at any second like there's this real tension in the air around what what are the well the intentions of of this person you know um, and so maybe what just about po- if you? Uh, I was just going to say, what if you flip the roles? So what if you're the visitor and your goal is to get something out of the room or get something from the person, um, but you need to get them to trust you? So um, as a guest in the house, you'll be presented with a bunch of choices from the host, who is mm-hmm. perhaps a deranged madman who maybe is Santa. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and and you've just got to earn trust till you can get what you need. I don't know. What we can yeah, maybe a decoration, actually. maybe a special ornament from the top of the Christmas tree, which happens to have some kind of I don't know magical mystical power. Help me out here, guys. I feel like you I- could really <laughs> jump in on this part. <laughs> I do. I do like that better actually. That you. So rather than yeah, being being the uh, the man, the hermit, that you the start of the game, and I'm kind of thinking of this as first person. 
um, almost a bit of a sort of walking mm. simulator vibe. You know, you're slogging through the snow and you see the light in the distance and you make your way there and you knock on the yeah. door and this and this guy answers. And, yeah, he's got that same sort of half disheveled, maybe Santa, deranged Santa look. Um, but he's really friendly to begin with, I think. I think he's really friendly to begin with and, and lets you in and, and offers you help. But, you know, fairly quickly it sort of starts turning ominous as, yeah. you know, he offers you some something to eat and maybe it's a bit- mm-hmm weird whatever it is that he offers you and you sit down in front of the fire and he's sort of staring at you and yeah then and then at that point i don't don't know how you communicate the goal necessarily to the player like whether it's something do you think it's something the player knows before they go in that they're trying to reach or is it through that initial sort of set of conversations you find out maybe you're just trying to get out then maybe you're just trying to get something and get out Escape. Well, what if what if you know going into the like the house that you will absolutely one hundred percent die until the blizzard outside dies down? So you will die unless you stay in this house for like a night. And mm. the decorations on the Christmas tree are something like um, like body parts that this person's like taken from previous victims. But there's a chance that this guy, because he likes you, will let you live for a night so long as you play ball. And so you've got to just make the right choices and survive the night, wait out the blizzard, and get out of dodge yeah. afterwards. I'm picturing, I'm picturing, I'm getting vibes of Five Nights at Freddy's and like yeah. until dawn, kind of like I don't know this weird mixture of, of I guess mostly the tone of those games, but mm. this sort of yeah having to. You're having to protect yourself in various ways through conversation and also maybe, yeah, like maybe you get to a point where, all right, we're going to sleep now, but you keep hearing noises coming from different directions. And if you don't catch him on time, he just like slices your face off. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what I'm also picturing is like some of the decorations that he's hanging up on the walls are like deer intestines. They're just sort of- Yeah. Um, looked sort of like um, daisy chain sort of things. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a place here for really good, uh, de- like art design. Um, to because you want it to you want it to look normal until you really look closely at it. Um, or maybe they even change. <laughs> like maybe when you get in there, they they do just look like normal decorations. But as the light dies down, as the fire dies down, or something, you realize that they've. If you look at them closely, it's now. Oh wait, that looks really like intestines or a sh- like a shrunken mm. head on the Christmas tree or something that's th- that whose eyes follow you around the room. Mm. Oh, God, that's kind of freaky. So, why is this guy here? I think he- I think he- maybe he actually is Santa. <laughs> He's just gone mad. <laughs> it's like- de- it's like oh, century, de- centuries of, of travelling around the world and giving kids to presents who are ungrateful. No, I, I mean, why is your character here? Oh, okay. So- so, your character's Santa, and this is the third part <laughs> in a three-game series. The first game being Snow White Christmas. Uh, the second game being <laughs> Santa and Friends, A Tale of Drugs and House Hunting. Uh, and then the third part of this game is Santa has uh, found like himself- He's crashed. Dashes just strung out. Um, <laughs> Rudolph's had a heart attack from all the blow he's done. And, and now Santa just needs to wait out the storm. So- and, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. We've got not only a game, a goddamn game series here, boys. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We can chain out more of this, um, for sure. What, different, what like- different holiday themes. You can do an Easter one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like when, when um, your character, being Santa or whatever, goes and looks at the tree and he sees these five gold rings just on the on the tree and he realises that- you know, these are from previous victims. They're, they're like wedding rings. Wedding rings. From, and yeah, you could do that. From like, and I know, sort of have a little bit of, um, have a and little then bit of, days of Christmas sort of stuff. He looks in the basement and finds seven maids of milking. Well, then, then they'll, <laughs> they've been milked. <laughs> I don't know enough for 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, um, I, I just I just like the idea of, you know, a little nod with the five gold rings on the, on the tree. I and think it's good. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Three, two, one, click. Yeah, let's let's go. Ooh, um, I've got tombstone. Hmm. Conservation. Ooh, miracle. So there's got to be something here about death. There's, yeah, there's, there's something. I'm all wondering these words. I'm wondering, and I don't know if we necessarily want to go the horror way again, but this is a <laughs> bit of a different tone. I'm wondering if someone asks Santa for Christmas to, like, bring someone back from the dead. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, God. And... oh that's a disappointed little kid on Christmas Day, <laughs> that's he, for sure. And he does it. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it by burying the body in a pet cemetery. <laughs> well, I was about to say, but there's a bit of a pet cemetery thing where they come back wrong. <laughs> maybe oh, sometimes all, maybe all of Santa's maybe all of Santa's elves are members of the undead. <laughs> Uh, Santa's actually a very powerful necromancer. It would, explain, it would explain certain <laughs> things. And this kid is sort of gets mixed up in, in this stuff because his wish, like, collides with Santa taking this kid's, I don't know, mum to be one of his undead army of elves. <laughs> but because he wished for her back, she has to go to him first. Oh god, this is kind of this is kind of scary. Um, yeah, that's all right. I, I I'm thinking obviously a bit of a narrative thing. Yeah, I'm sort of seeing this as as almost like a a visual novel sort of thing, an interactive. Yeah, or, or it could be like a. Or- yeah, I'm wondering if you can make a point and click adventure out of it or something. Walk, walking around uh, and the the bits of inventory that you're picking up are actually bits that are falling off your mum. Yeah, you could have, oh look, it doesn't it doesn't have to be horror based. You could you could get a lot of comedy like that black comedy out of this. this yeah, this is definitely a Tim Burton game mm. um, waiting to happen. Um, yeah, 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 totally. Um, Johnny Depp will do anything these days. We'll get him to do voices. <laughs> yeah, real Tim Burton vibe. Um, so I'm thinking Corpse Bride crossed with. Nightmare Before Christmas crossed with- um, Yeah, basically. Crossed with Monkey Island. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that could, I mean, I think that could be cool. You could have, you know, you sort of got the little introductory scene where you're introducing, you know, this kid and his dad and the fact that his, you know, mum has recently died and that's real sad. And you sort of just give some basic puzzles to do to, like, write the letter to Santa and stuff and you see it go off, get sent off and- you know, he's wished he's wished for his mum back. And then Christmas morning, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> and it's just this, like, decaying corpse of his mum walking in. Oh, Hi, honey. <laughs> She's just totally normal, like nothing's happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't notice that there's a massive hole in her head. <laughs> yeah. Well, the rhyme keeps falling off for some reason. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, zombie Christmas. Zombie um, Christmas. And then, yeah, that. Santa, uh, you know, you, you have you have a few scenes with the mum and you sort of, you know, get a bit of a sense of what's happening. And then Santa shows up because he's just, like, missing one of his elves and he didn't know why. And there's this whole, you know, thing around, oh, because you because you wished for your mum back. It, she was meant to come to she was meant to come to the North Pole and help me make toys, but she ended up here. <laughs> and then he's chasing. Now he's chasing her. Yeah, or maybe he, like, gives you- Oh, yeah, maybe the puzzles are around- I don't know. Does this kid want to keep his mum around now that she's a corpse, or <laughs> yeah, or, or does, is it sort of this like okay, you get you know one month with your mum or something, and and it's I don't know, trying to spending that time trying to find a way to to bring her back permanently, or to or maybe to kill her permanently because she doesn't want to be an undead slave to Santa Claus. So I've got an idea. Does the mum like get addicted to eating brains? Because then that gives sort of a reason as to, um, you know, neighbours start going missing and that sort of stuff. And the kid kid has to sort of decide, does, does he want to um, keep his mum and have to have to keep on dealing with all these dead neighbours and that sort of stuff? or Like a Santa Clarita diet kind of situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could be an aspect of that. Uh, can we make it more Christmassy in that, I don't know, maybe it's something other than brains. I don't know what's a more Christmassy body, body organ than brains, but- um, oh. Or maybe just something else that's that's disruptive that she needs to do to stay alive. It's pudding. It's Christmas pudding, which has a sort of um, like a bodily look to it, color wise. And you can you, you just sort of pass it off as blood, but it's pudding. I don't know if that really works. <laughs> right. Well, the problem is you can't get Christmas pudding all year round. <laughs> no, and that's- although it does keep though. It does. Does it? Okay. It's got uh- lots of alcohol in it usually. <laughs> that's why it keeps. <laughs> So, do we have a cooking game on our hands now? Is that what this is? <laughs> There's definitely at least a cooking mini game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think just something around, yeah, something around keeping her, uh, uh, yeah, either figuring out how to keep her around or figuring out how to not make her have to be a Santa slave. Mm. 
some big climax where you have to stand up to Santa. I, I think Santa isn't as jolly a fellow in this one either. I think he's a bit of a... He's kind of like a CEO almost. Like, he just doesn't care about his workers. He just, like, he's this necromancer who... He's all about the bottom line. Yeah. Well, and because maybe he gets, like, power from children's joy or something, but he uses that joy to raise the dead. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, that he kind of has to keep this going to keep living and, and keep, you know... So, he's sort of figured out this whole thing around this undead army making toys for kids to, that, that <laughs> like, sends joy in his direction so that he can keep living. <laughs> That's genius. That ties in conservative. So, sort of conserving um, his own physical state mm, um, mm. by making the whole world happy just so he can live. Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to conserve his life. He's actually really selfish. Now, now I'm picturing that he, he keeps on harvesting elves for, for like body parts and stuff. So oh, he's, yeah. He's I think they're like all kind of- work sort of fucking They're kind Santa. of all Frankenstein to get- Oh, he is right. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> there, are like, there are serious moral questions this game could raise. Oh, great. I think you could do some really cool stuff with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the idea of just alternate versions of the Santa mythos as well. Um, mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. I have Intruder. I have Elves. I have Trilogy. Ooh. Ooh. All right. We have to spin this out into three games somehow. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty epic, epic sort of setting. What about- um? What about instead of um, three games, it is a triumvirate of elves who are tasked with guarding Santa's workshop at night? Well, yeah, I do like that it's three elves because then you can do a bit of a Lost Vikings-esque. They all have different skills kind of thing. I was thinking, though, maybe, you know, not everyone has chimneys, right? No. Maybe these are the elves who have to, like, intrude, make their way into people's houses so Santa can get in. They're like- so it's basically a reverse heist game uh, where you have to break into houses to leave presents. I like that. These are like these poor three elves have to do some really awful obscene things to break into houses, like yeah, yeah. go through like toilet pipes or something, come out of the toilet just to oh, open the front door for Fat Santa to roll on through. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love- actually, that's a really cool idea that one. Yeah, one of the elves can sort of like contort themselves in different ways. One of the elves, I don't know, is like a good at picking locks or figuring out codes or something. And maybe the other elves just good at fucking kicking down doors. Um, what, what, what I like <laughs> about something that windows. Sam said, um, I love this idea of this Fat Santa from all the milk and cookies he's been eating over the years. Um, oh, totally, yep. He can't actually fit down the chimney, so every single house needs to be, like, broken into. Okay, yeah, that's a good- that's a better kind of conceit for why you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so every single time, even if there's a chimney, you know, the three three elves have to go down the chimney, but then they've got to be able to clear a path um, mm. for Santa to be able to get to to the um, Christmas tree. Yeah, so, so again, I think this is a bit of a puzzle game. Yeah. Um, mm. In that, yeah, you've got different skills. I think there's action- elements um because maybe you do have to you know maybe one elf it can jump higher or something and maybe you have to like use the big bulky elf to to stop a dog from getting into a room while the you know while the the lock picking elf can open the other door that you need to get you know the front door or something it could Um, be like um like just when you were um saying like the puzzle game element of this i I just thought of uh snipper clips on switch for some reason Okay, like where, you're, where you're, it's a multiplayer game, and you're working together um, as two or three elves, just trying to, I guess, um, I don't know, like get tall enough, become tall enough to like raise the window or hold the sewer lid thing open, and that takes like one <laughs> or two people to do, while the other one climbs down under and, and like gets in this into one, that way. in this one house, it's like you know, uh, sorry, f- uh, flicker, you're gonna have to go up through the toilet pipes, like it's the yeah. only way in. It's, that's it it's one way yeah oh, uh, yeah so that gross. could be cool as a multiplayer thing where again you've each got different skills almost um almost a bit of uh shit what was that game um the criminals the two criminals uh, working together a way out a way oh. out yeah almost a little bit of that but three people and so you sort of you have to time things correctly and you have to use your correct skills at different times mm. um to get through these these different levels all the while not waking up the um waking up the family Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's instant game over. <laughs> well, I think I think maybe you've got like, uh, and, and here we go again, but maybe you've got like a 
gaseous drug that you can, if you need to, in an, in an emergency, <laughs> you just put them to sleep. Like, hit them with a dart or something. It's uh, like a little- uh, it's like, uh, what's that Rick and Morty, the Steely, the Steely guy? He's got chloroform just ready to go in case someone <laughs> catches him stealing things. <laughs> well, you know, I think, and it, and it just, it gives an extra challenge then, right? Like, you made too much noise. One of the one of the homeowners comes out. You hit him with a dart. Now, part of your mission is also drag them back into bed. Don't leave the dart <laughs> in their neck so they don't know what's going on. For some mm. reason, I'm picturing one of these elves as like this really, really tall, slender man sort of elf. Oh, God, like, full-on, yeah, okay, like, obscenely thin and tall. With extremely long arms and that sort of stuff, and you sort of got to deal with, um, like, they're the ones that can actually, um, you know, reach on top of the mantelpiece to, like, get the key or or something yeah. that you may need, but they're also creepy as all fuck, and, and if the- um, I think all of these elves are pretty misshapen and weird. Yeah. I think- This whole episode's mm-hmm. kind of just been about fucking up Christmas oh, and making so gross- <laughs> Yeah, I hope the kids listen to this. Your kids don't listen to this show, do they? Oh, God. No, not oh, yet. Fuck no. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a couple of years, we'll get them on the show. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> For a Christmas episode. Yeah, so Santa's coming tonight. So anyway, liquid metal Santa. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be on drugs and he's going to have creepy elves. <laughs> and good luck sleeping tonight, kids. <laughs> Jesus <All right>. Christ. <laughs> I think we've got time for one or two more here. Okay. Oh, okay. I got Frosty. Background. Uh, precipitate. Okay, Ooh. that works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, we, when you said background, Trevor, I got this real, like, and <laughs> we're just totally going creepy, creepy Christmas. Um, I got this real It Follows vibe, but with Frosty the Snowman coming to life. Oh yeah. So like there's a scene there's a scene playing out in the foreground and there's you know the snowman that the kid made earlier in the day and without focusing on it or you know and it really slowly the the snowman just sort of picks itself up and comes to life and starts walking slowly towards the the people in the scene. <laughs> I don't know where the game is in that. I just got I had that vision and it sort of struck me. So there's a there's a preamble at the very start of the game in which um, you make Frosty the Snowman, you put the magic hat on and, you know, you're having a good time and then you leave him alone to to basically melt and he vows revenge. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so now he's just forever, like, so, killing so, people. So I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, like, you, you let a dog come up and piss on him and all this sort of stuff and he's basically, he's he's hating on everyone. So- his- I like the idea that he's like a spirit that can possess any snowman. Yep. Because um, then you can have all these different sort of shapes of snowmen or snow dogs or snow whatever. And that sort of plays into what he, how he moves and what he looks like then. Yep. So now my, my question is, um, yeah. what is, what is your character trying to do in this game? Is it that um, after the preamble- the um you have your character has kids themselves and okay. they you go up to the attic and they find this old hat and it's the frosty hat all right and what do you, so do you have to like destroy it or something no no so the kids you know go down and make it make a snowman and um you don't see the the thing coming to life but the kids are talking to it right and oh so the preamble is with like a different Set of kids or something. It's like, that little, or- it's like that little initial thing in a horror movie where yeah. you see yeah. it happen and then it cuts to, you know, another family having fun at Christmas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea that they've just moved into this house and they find this old hat up in the attic. Mm. And so the kids, um, you you can sort of, like, be, I don't know, doing some, doing some work in the backyard and in the background you, you hear the kids like laughing and playing and creating the snowman. But then after a while you, you start if you listen into the conversation you actually hear them like talking to talking to a character who Yeah, who you, who you don't hear. Yeah. Oh, God, this is <laughs> this is so creepy. I know. It's great. Um oh. and so then what's the gameplay do you think? Um I think it's it's a night in which you've got to survive. Um, in the morning, you know, it's forecast for sunshine and all that sort of stuff. And it's now night, you know, the, it's rather quite cold and the snowman I is- do, I do like the idea, and obviously to bring in precipitation, um, that you you sort of, 
maybe Frosty attacks you. Like, you get some sense. You realize, okay, shit, there's an evil Frosty snowman out there. You've blocked him out the outside. And then you put the weather report on and it's like heavy snow all night, but sunshine in the morning. Um, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, and that's what tells you you've got to, you know, last the night. So, what, what I love is the idea that at five o'clock in the morning, you look outside and like, it's, it's pure like blackness because, um, or you can't see anything because there's just been so much snowfall. And yep. when you finally dig through and get outside, you see this massive, massive, like towering snowman that's just sort of collated <laughs> by <laughs> from all this snow over- overnight. And that's your final mm. battle that you got to. It's like this big God of War esque battle with a giant yeah, creature. This is a titan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm picturing you and a homemade fl- uh, flamethrower versus like <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. I do love the idea that throughout the night you're just trying to find all these different ways to like fend off Frosty by melting him and you know blocking him and different things. Yeah, you can't kill him because there's so much snow outside, but you can at least fend him off for a little bit. And yeah, if you like take off limbs or body parts, he has to go off and like roll around in the snow to, to build himself back up again, build I, up his mass. I love that. That's like um, then it's like evolve almost. Like it's just you versus them. Um, but they're the snowmen and they start off quite weak, but then they, they slowly, um, like take on more and more snow until they like just overpower you. So then you've got to really, I don't know, yeah, set up traps, it, like little heat traps or something. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. Then it's more about the technology you have yeah. uh, to really fight off this fucking giant lethal <laughs> snowman. So I think the gameplay is, a la, we said, um, for a previous game, you know, sort of Five Nights at Freddy's sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm picturing is that you've got, like, the two kids' bedrooms, uh, their windows in which you've got to make sure that Frosty's not coming in through there, and then you've also got to make sure that the front and back door, like, Frosty isn't trying to get in through there. So, yeah. basically, I wonder you're if running like, if- between them. Well, that's what I was thinking. I wonder if it's more of a direct control rather than Five Nights at Freddy's, which is kind of just switch between these oh, screens. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking- but it's-, it's a first person, yeah. but you've got to- you hear a noise and- yeah, yeah, you've got to sort of run up and then protect your kid from- Yeah, and so you can set up traps that have sort of noisemakers, you know, as part of them so that you get alerted if he's coming in and you can, you know, get your fucking, I don't know, hair straightener. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, melt, melt his arm off as he tries to get in. Yeah, I really yeah, like Let's go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy all right. as all fuck. But but- <laughs> that, that's good. Let's do one more. Let's see if this one turns horror as well or if we can get something a bit more lighthearted. Three to one click. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, this is probably a good one to go out on Christmas tree. I've got a uh, pyre. <laughs> P-Y-R-E as in like- Yes. Tipper. Yes. Yep. All right. Airport. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. I mean, Christmas tree and pyre make me think of like the week after Christmas when everyone's burning off their old dead Christmas trees. Hmm. Where Airport comes in, I'm not sure. Airport, I think, uh, Die Hard 2 for some reason. Okay. And Pyre sort of makes me think of sort of maybe- a, oh, I'm trying to think of what, what movie it was. Um, mm. I, was it a horror I, movie? Yeah, I'm picturing The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God. I, I think there's something to be said um, about the airport and Die Hard 2. And um, mm. from memory, uh, there was a need to get the runway lights on so the plane could land. Um, so, <laughs> okay. what if it's something about uh, using the dead Christmas tree to create a pyre, but you've got to take it um, far from wherever you are? John McClane style, you know, you've got to dodge and evade terrorists or whatever um, yeah. in a 2D side scroll sort of beat them up. Oh, okay. Ooh, I like this. This and is like basically- Dragging <laughs> Christmas trees, dead Christmas trees yeah. along with you. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is just Die Hard 2 with a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said side scrolling beat them up. Are you thinking like the old kind of arcade Ninja Turtles beat them up sort of thing? Absolutely. Or, yeah, okay. Absolutely. There, are, there aren't enough of those these days for sure. No, no. So I'm loving the idea of. Can we get? We'll get. We can get different characters in there, obviously, because you want multiplayer in a game like that. Yeah, and you and you can all carry a Christmas tree, like be dragging a Christmas tree. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, or you can like you can either all be dragging one, or you'll move faster, or it's easier if like two of you grab each end of a Christmas tree rather than dragging it. And then you can come up with like attacks that use the Christmas trees and stuff, but you need to be careful because if you if you do that wrong, you're like if you damage it. it too much, you lose yeah. too many um, 
too many uh, branches on the thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. So why, let's, let's think of the characters and why are these people doing this? Uh, is, it, is it this sort of terrorist, like the, the airport's been taken over by terrorists demanding something? And, and, who, and who are these people who are, who are defending to, like, land this plane? Well, there, there has to be, like, some kind of power outage. So there has to be a reason for that. Yeah. Which is yeah. why you need the pyre. Yeah, so I, I kind of like the idea that it's this um, this extreme group of protesters who who are basically they're protesting the fact that the the airport uses um, you know too much electricity and is polluting the planet and <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. So they've they've taken out the generator and they obviously don't want you burning Christmas trees because it creates more carbon dioxide and or whatever. So. Well, I- can I? Can I? I like that. Can I pivot on that for a moment? Yeah. What if they're Amish? It's Amish people who don't like electricity and don't like and don't like flight. <laughs> and so, like the airport is just well, the maybe, best yeah. target for them. So, just so we don't offend people, maybe it's not actually Amish people, but they're like it's this cult of anti-technology. Yeah, you know, yeah, kooks. Sure. Even though I who- doubt that any Amish people will be listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's the sentiment I that think- counts, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, like just just people who um, they uh, have a strong opposition to technology um, or technological advancements, and and so they're all old school. Um, yep. So they're all, and that's why it would work so well as a beat 'em up because there's no guns, there's no you know um, like crazy laser weapon trap things. It's all old school. It's like you've got to beat the guy with the stick, the spear, you know, the sword or whatever. It could actually- I think it could be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and there's definitely- a, I think there's definitely a hole in the market currently for, for those sort of beat-em-ups. Uh, it's mm. a, lo- a lost art. So, what I'm sort of picturing as well is that you've got different sort of paths that you can take from the um, from the Christmas tree lot to the, um, to the pyre. So, um, you go over the same sort of levels each time, but the more that you go through a route- the harder it actually becomes because you get more and more people who are going, well, they're using this route all the time. So, you, mm. you can sort I of- I like, like the idea of a, of a side-scrolling beat-em-up like that that has sort of an overworld, an overworld map, um, where you do mm. get to choose these different paths through the level. And and maybe you're picking up Christmas trees along the way because, like, it's it's near Christmas, t- um, Christmas time and so the airport's all been decorated with all these Christmas trees. Yep. And so, that's another reason to take different routes is there'll be more trees because you haven't picked them off yet. Yeah. With with different kind of buffs or something, like different boons for your characters. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, because you've got, like, there are, there are, uh, there's a scattering of actual real Christmas trees, like live Christmas trees. There's uh, plastic trees. There's, like, those uh, white snow-covered um, trees that, you know, you've got- presumably have sort of different chemicals in in them. Um, the, the one that is the- um- is the worst offender for for um, this cult is like those fiber optic trees. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you've got Chris- if you've got battery operated Christmas lights on them, um, you know they they get sort of flock to you because there's electricity going through. Oh, Christmas lights and stuff. Too. Yeah, I didn't think of the decorations. They could definitely be weapons. Well, I'm thinking some of the, some of the things that you can use is like you pick up this plastic tree and it's got like 15 glass ornaments on it that you can throw mm. at people. So you basically got ammo or 15. Yeah, yeah. Or you can like use the lights as you know a sort of whip attack or like a, or you can tie them up with it to temporarily, you know, uh, um, you know, keep them from attacking and that sort of thing. Can I can I just uh, throw a bit of praise on the jingle bell grenade? Sorry, the um like Christmas ornament glass grenade idea because I feel like the problem <laughs> with these games is often that they're just. I mean, sure they're like video games or whatever, but like what? Like when you throw a grenade, that's a big explosion, <laughs> and they always have grenades that have like tiny explosions, and it just never seems quite realistic. But if you throw a glass ball at someone. Yeah, like, that's you're gonna gonna be an appropriate well. level of- You're yeah. going to cut their <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And probably they'll go down from that, and that's great. They're incapacitated. Um, and, it, yeah, it kind of makes it makes sense in a just a real-world sense and also in a narrative sense as well. Yep. This guy's badass. Whoever, I mean, whoever this person is throwing jingle yeah. bell, jingle balls or whatever is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, definitely, like, we definitely want to make our diehard, you know, airport game as realistic as possible. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's internal consistency, right? Internal consistency, yeah. totally. Um, one, one other cool thing about um, the glass grenade is, though, if you miss when you're throwing it, it still lands on the ground and creates like um, something that someone can step on. 
Yeah, mm. like an area that you have to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like cool. That. It like um, slows them down or just does a bit of damage to them, even if you don't hit them directly. Yeah. Mm. So you you've effectively got like splash damage and also creating difficult terrain and all this sort of stuff. I know I, I'm see, I seem to be getting sort of like a um, a dead rising sort of feel to the um to the world in that mm, a little bit. Yeah, you know you can you can sort of go anywhere within this whole area, but you know the world is sort of um, always living. Like time is always moving, so if you if you start going through the terminal too many times, you know people start converging on that converging on that, that, on that spot. So the next time you go through, you have to actually go through like um, a back office, or you got to go through like. Yeah, I like the idea of each because I still like the idea of just certain routes where it's sort of traditional side scrolling beat 'em up gameplay along the way, but maybe there are like split. Like, uh, you know, halfway along this route, you can have a choice to go, you know, up through this hallway or continue the way you were going. And oh, that sort of takes you I through I love the idea paths. of secret passages being vents mm, that you can sort yeah. of, like, crawl through a vent and you end up in a different different sort of area, depending on how you how you travel through the vent system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that a lot. Me Same too. Here. I want to play this game. I know. I feel like if, if I had the art skills, this is one I could, I could build. I, I've- I've always wanted to make a, a 2D side scroll and beat them up. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I, we, we, we just need to make it happen, Ben. Don't ask me how. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out as we go. But uh, whatever we call this game, can we, oh, what are we going to call it? Um, I did like your name before of Jingle Balls. <laughs> Jingle Balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, the words I was searching for was Christmas ornament. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all I could come up with was Jingle, Jingle Balls. Jingle Balls is way better. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a block. Die Hard anyway. Six Jingle Balls. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we will finish it up there for tonight for this year's Christmas episode coming out on Christmas Eve. Um, so, if you want to find us online, you can go pretty much just go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm uh, and you will find all links to all our stuff there, all episodes, all of that sort of stuff. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I reckon you should check out the AGPN of who have actually got the de facto leader with with us tonight? So do you want to yeah. do you want to tell our audience all about the AGPN, <laughs> Sam? Yeah, given that sure. You've taken um, over the- from from Pez. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and my how I've led it this year. Um, uh, so the AGPN. That that aside, <laughs> the AGPN <laughs> is a collection of uh, video game podcasts um, from content creators located in Australia and New Zealand. Um, much like Bitstorm, and much like many others that um, we sort of work with and know and have gotten to know over the years. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic group of people. And if you're ever interested in doing something like Bitstorm um, or a video game podcast um, in a fashion that you would prefer, maybe you've got a, a creative way of, uh, sorry, a creative idea that you'd like to do for a podcast, come and check on the uh, the AGPN. Um, you can find us uh, on Twitter at AGP Network. And uh, if you search the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network in Facebook, you'll find our page there. So So do come and check that out. Definitely. Awesome. Oh, I suppose I'd better hit um, hit our theme song. Uh, thanks to Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. And where can we find find you around the podcasts, Sam? Uh, you can find uh, the gaming podcast I do uh, called The Hungry Gamers uh, anywhere that you can, or almost anywhere that you can find podcasts. I know you can find us on iTunes. That's for sure. And um, Stitcher and, and SoundCloud and Podchaser Brenda does the rest of our plug, <laughs> and Podchaser. Um, and, and anywhere else, I guess, that you can find or listen to good podcasts. Uh, and then you can find all of our social stuff at we are 8-bit, A-T-E-B-I-T. And I believe awesome. 8-bit is pretty much a mm. network now. So you've got lots and lots of um, other podcasts that have joined you. We do. We have uh, a lot of former guests of this show, like uh, Jack Cruz and John O'Peck, and, and Brendan, of course, uh, is with me. Sammy Deej yep. um, does a little bit of video content for us as well, that troublemaker. Um, yeah, so there's a- it's, it's, And lots of future guests as well. <laughs> and lots of- Oh, really? Definitely. Have you done the rounds? Oh, <laughs> okay. we, we plan to. <laughs> Well, mate, certainly. Uh, uh, and I would love to come back as well, could I just add, because this is so much fun to do. Awesome. Um, yeah, was- and thank you very much for having me on tonight. No, and was- for the Christmas special, no less. <laughs> 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, even if all of our games were totally creepy, but uh, I love I love the uh, yeah the different sort of alternatives to Christmas we came up with tonight. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode of Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott, and I am. Salim Abraham. Thank you. I'm going to wedge that in at the end there. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, oh, I think I hear jingle bells coming. <laughs> oh, my God, it's a creepy Santa. <laughs> <laughs>